Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is brought to you by SAIT's School for Advanced Digital Technology, an innovation hub disguised as a post-secondary institution where creators, educators, and learners like you are coming together to transform tomorrow. Boost your skills with tech boot camps and carve out a new career path through dynamic, future-forward courses. The world of work is evolving. Future-proof yourself with SAIT's School for Advanced Digital Technology. This episode is hosted by Rebecca finley Shidlowski. Rebecca is a management consultant who specializes in governance and strategic planning. She has worked with hundreds of boards and senior management teams in the startup, private enterprise, not-for-profit, and public sectors across Canada. An accomplished speaker and facilitator, Rebecca and her colleague Jeff Homer host workshops specifically targeted at helping startups understand governance complexities. Now let's dive right in to Rebecca's conversation with Daniel Delgado. Take it away, Rebecca. Daniel, it's so amazing to have you here today on our podcast for Rainforest Alberta, Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas. You're my first interviewee ever, and I knew that I wanted to showcase all the amazing things that you're doing here in Calgary. So welcome to today's show. Thank you for having me and uh, hopefully I don't disappoint uh, the first interview. So. <laughs> oh, you definitely won't. You have such a fantastic story and I'm looking forward to diving into it. To start us off, Daniel, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. Uh, I guess uh, about myself, I, uh, um, I'm an immigrant uh, from uh, Venezuela. So I moved to Canada in 2011. I moved uh, initially to Toronto and I stayed there about three years and then I moved to Calgary. So, so essentially I finished uh, an undergrad in, in engineering and then came here because of, I thought uh, that, uh, that it would be a good spot to find uh, a job and, and, and essentially that's uh, how I landed here. And uh, yeah, and I, here I met my wife and I have, my, I have now two kids and and uh, recently, the, one of the co-founders of Tracebase, and uh, I founded a, an engineering practice as well called Nginectra, and that's a little bit about myself. Wow. So I actually didn't know that you had first landed in Toronto and then switched over to Calgary. What made you make that change from the east of Canada to the west? You know, uh, it was very, like, in a way, at that point, I was looking at the Toronto is really tough. It's very, very competitive. It's very, very hard to, to make progress as, as a professional. That was my perspective. Everybody works so hard there. Uh, not that here people won't, but there people are very, very competitive. It's extremely competitive. And I started looking at it in, on the entire map in Canada. And I thought, you know, where do I have better chance to find a job? Uh, at that point, I finished school and I needed to essentially find a job in order to do my paperwork to stay here as, a, as, a, as an immigrant as a, to get a permanent residency. And I needed to get a job, right? So I look at the map, I look at what was the best GDP that was back in 2014, uh, entire Canada, province to province, and showed Alberta, of course, because of uh, uh, natural resources, specifically oil and gas industry. 
And that's how I picked. I essentially packed my things. And I, back then, LinkedIn was not that hot. I landed an interview here, which I wouldn't do in Ontario. It was a little bit harder. And I just packed my things and just came here uh, just to, to find a, a job. And that, that's, how, that's how I came here. That's such an interesting transition because you're not the first immigrant to tell me that about Calgary, that, you know, this is a city that's full of entrepreneurs and real go-getters, but you still feel like there's place for new ideas and new companies to emerge. And I know you've already mentioned in your intro that you founded not one company, but two, and we'll dive into that in a second. But I wanted to hear a little bit more about your background first. Did you actually grow up in an entrepreneurial family? Not at all, actually. I grew up actually with a a, a very academic, uh, a very corporate uh, mindset. Uh, my grandfather, uh, he was a PhD in nuclear engineering, and he was very much uh, for working for big companies. I grew up in an environment where, look, you're going to do uh, an engineering degree, you do a master's, hey, do a PhD. Uh, and then go and work for a big company, right? So that's how that's that's that was really the mindset. However, that my, my let's call it like my DNA was didn't align with that. So that that but but I didn't grow up in a in a, an entrepreneurial family, let's say, yeah. But it sounds like your family always strived for excellence, though, and acquiring more knowledge and trying new things, and that's definitely a part of that entrepreneurial DNA. Yeah, I guess like the the portion that I think I. I like I always say that I'm extremely lucky was that I grew up uh, always having a lot of curiosity in my environment, uh, a lot of curiosity, a lot of great conversations with uh, with my grandfather at the dinner table, you know, talking about different topics and, and going deep and deep on different aspects. And certainly that contributes to the entrepreneurial journey positively, for sure. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that informal knowledge transfer that happens within families, because I think that that leads to such a lasting impact in what you do in the future. So that's very cool that you had such a cool bond with your grandfather and how much of an impact he left on you. So when you think about curiosity, what led you to think of the idea for TradeSpace as well as your other company? How did that come about? You know, it's funny that uh, uh, a lot of uh, these things, um, I'm not a I guess like you're a typical person of what, when you think about startup and a founder, um, like the typical story where you are like, hey, you come up with this inspiration and then you went and did it. It was more of like trial and error and failing a lot of different things. And uh, what's happening, what was happening at, at that point was that uh, I was transitioning from doing construction, um, general contracting and I was at a space uh, here in Calgary co-working and I felt like I didn't have any affinity with anybody there. And at that point, I was meeting a lot uh, with, with my uh, co-founder of TradeSpace, Jordan Tetro. And essentially, essentially, we started discussing, we were meeting for purpose of trying to do business development for our business in construction. And uh, yeah, and then we started having conversations about it wouldn't be great to meet to have a space where we can meet with uh, like-minded individuals in construction. And and uh, we were meeting for over a year talking about this until one day we said like, look, Jordan actually he had a really good connection with a landlord that had a ten thousand square feet warehouse and and the landlord said, look, if you pay five thousand dollar flat, take it. And uh, we did. 
kind of like I'm looking back, it was pretty scary uh, because again, if uh, if we don't fill the the space, then we're five thousand dollars out every month, right? And at that point, it's like five thousand dollars a month being in the hole is not <laughs> gonna be fun. But uh, that's how we ended up, uh, I guess, like a trade space. It's just a, a set of uh, coincidences for sure. So, do you believe in coincidences, or do you believe like everything kind of happens for a reason? Um, the the definition of luck that I really like is uh, when opportunity uh, meets talent. But there's also a little bit of a another introduction to that equation, which is like you are essentially pursuing in a way the opportunities that you want them to be presented. So, like Jordan and I, we met at a, an event at a, a Young Calgary Construction Association, and and we met because. Really, I was looking to meet someone. I learned a lot about construction, but I didn't want to do construction. And I said, well, I want to do engineering. I, I, I found that, uh, that it would be a, a, an easier business model to scale. And that's how I met Jordan. So, so it's a little bit of intention and timing. It's, it's very, it's, it's luck for sure. Yeah. I like the word though, that you talk about intentional. Sorry to interrupt you there though. I don't know where and I think it's really interesting, this whole idea of the ecosystem you were a part of in terms of construction, and that's how you found Jordan, and then this affinity grew, and then you ended up founding a company together. So when you think about Calgary's current ecosystem in terms of startups and entrepreneurism, what what's your sense of that? How do you feel it's evolved, or the pros or the cons? You know, it's... Uh... It is interesting, and this is my perspective. I'm not an expert at all um, on uh, on the, the startup uh, ecosystem, but what I do know is that Calgary is a very entrepreneurial city because there has been so many opportunities in different sectors. And my perspective so far is that we have like a group that uh, that essentially is going to be uh, entrepreneurial in certain industries like oil and gas, for example, there's a lot of uh, innovation happening there because of uh, one of the most powerful universities in, you know, oil uh, for for research. And there, there's that startup world for that. There is also an ecosystem for technology companies, um, which I'm not like extremely familiar, but there is also the entrepreneurial part of uh, mom and pop shops. Like I do think that it's like, quite diverse, but I don't know exactly how how deep it is in in uh, each one of them but my perception so far is that the city as a as a as a whole gives you a lot of chances again and then this is a difference between calgary and toronto like like if you're in toronto there's a lot of startup there's a lot of things going on but it's very hard to break through because people are a little bit less open to let people have chances and that's from that perspective, hopefully that's not like a weird uh, uh, answer, but I think because of the nature of the city that people give chances to businesses, people in general, that what makes Calgary very entrepreneurial in general, right? So, I love that answer. I think that you're right, that Calgarians totally have supported entrepreneurs and new ideas. And that's why you see now, especially as we're trying to pivot towards diversifying our economy, all these amazing companies that are coming out of nowhere. And I find quite often, and I don't know what your opinion is, but the average Calgarian doesn't realize how much these other economies are really growing. And it makes it such an exciting time to be in our city because we are pivoting. And that's why I wanted to dive now more into trade space, because from my understanding, it was the first of its kind in Canada, built right here in Calgary. So I'd love to hear an overview of what you and Jordan have created. 
Yeah, so essentially Tracebase is a, is a, a warehouse and, and our mission there is to enable our members' full potential. And we call our members essentially companies that they come to our space and they operate in our space. And typically the, these companies are um, construction companies, a small manufacturer and e-commerce distribution companies to consumers, to businesses. We have a combination. And uh, yeah, and essentially what we do there is to facilitate space for them to be able to grow. We believe that uh, you don't have to sign up a lease for, you know, five, 10 years, especially if you are early stage in your company. We believe that we can provide that to, to essentially our members and, and adjust the space, but we're trying to also create um, an ecosystem. We're trying to create a connection between them so they succeed as a company, because like, again, like Jordan and I, we have uh, been uh, running our own companies for a while and, and, and it's very challenging. And, and the idea is like, if you're having in a, in the same space, people that are, they understand each other, uh, they can have some companies that are a little bit more, let's say advanced, some other ones that are starting that overall, the outcome is having an ecosystem where companies can grow and be better essentially. So. That's so great. It's about fostering that camaraderie amongst companies that are probably not even in the same space. But if I even think about the trade space offices, having visited there, you've created a very cool location. So can you tell us a little bit about the concept behind the co-working space? And I know you have a great yard that everyone comes together in. A little bit more about that. Yeah. So initially we, uh, we obviously started all this inspiration in uh, co-working and that's, uh, let's say that the top of uh, all these ideas and, and essentially we have a, an area for offices where again, it's like, looks professional. It's uh, industrial clean. Um, and then essentially for when you get into the warehouse, we wanted to do something different and we came up with this concept of uh, having an indoor garden and essentially it's uh, an area where a sea can is there, um, there's a, the CCAN is demised into, into four rooms and the four rooms uh, essentially are uh, meant for different type of meetings. So we have one for relaxing, one for brainstorming, one for a uh, small casual conference. So in the idea in that space was also that, that we could uh, essentially do um, uh, events and, and community. Hey, that was pre-COVID. And uh, obviously we're not able to do that, but that was the main idea on that. And then the rest of the warehouse, essentially we have some areas where we have our fulfillment capabilities. Uh, we have space for our private members that we help them do fulfillment, last mile delivery. Uh, we call it our mini Amazon. And we have uh, the rest, uh, yeah, without the reach. Uh, and then we have the area that essentially each company can get their own space. You want uh, um, a space uh, small for uh, putting your tools. You can have that. You, can, you want a space to have a little small manufacturing. You can do that. So there we have companies anywhere from an electrician to a small cable manufacturer, essentially assembly line. Yeah. It is such a phenomenal space. So I really encourage all of those listening to just take a look at the trade space Instagram page for kind of some behind the scenes footage. Cause it's really phenomenal what the two of you have done there. And I, it's really cool. It's so neat that that happened here in Calgary. At the beginning of our conversation, Daniel, we talked a little bit about failures and setbacks, and it sounded like you'd founded a bunch of other companies before TradeSpace. So when you think about failure, is there something that maybe you've gone through with your experience with TradeSpace or before that you're willing to share that ultimately made you stronger? Yeah, of course. Uh, 
I guess uh, failures. Uh, that, that that was one of the biggest lessons uh, learned in all this. It's like uh, failure is a temporary condition. And one of the things I uh, essentially experienced was I found that uh, initially like a, a general contracting company um, and I am the worst general contractor. I, I like I, I am... <laughs> I don't enjoy it. Um, like I love like running operations and uh, and uh, in general for business, but for contracting, when you're in a startup mode, uh, bootstrapping that is very difficult. It's very physical. I don't enjoy that. And uh, then I did a uh, um, somewhat like a digital agency. I had uh, like 14 people all spread across the world, and that failed. Uh, and I had uh, a website called uh, uh, salidodelpais.com, which was like meant for immigrants uh, to help them out to succeed in a different country. So I, I, it's still up and running. I learned a ton there too. So there's like a lot of failures. Uh, I guess like I, like I put them all together, but at the end of the day, that, that failure, what have, I, I, I turn it more into like learnings that we have been applying to what we're doing. And that's what is helping to shape uh, how we are able to succeed. And, and the way that, uh, that, I, that I say this is like those failures are just essentially lessons that uh, are put into place in order to be able to understand how you iterate in your journey for your business to grow, right? So, so that, there's not really a, like a massive one, but there has been a lot of disappointments, right? Like where you disappoint people that you probably sold them in a vision and then you fail. That's like that one of the biggest uh, uh, lessons that I've had where where essentially you are talking about you bringing people that they are trusting you to, you know, do X, Y, and C. And when you fail, I think that's like the, one of the biggest lessons uh, about that is like that real, real feeling about some people might be their livelihood. They are on, in, on the line because they're part of your organization. So, so yeah, so it's just making sure that uh, you are taking the risk, you're doing what you need to do and, be super super careful for sure because it can be really painful to to not uh, uh deliver for those uh people that are helping you out for sure yeah wow i actually had had no idea that that you'd had that many different opportunities and businesses before trade space that's cool and the one that i actually want to dive into is the one that you said in terms of helping immigrants so as an immigrant yourself again back to an earlier point about calgary really diversifying its economy and really the provincial government really opening its doors to immigrants especially those that are entrepreneurial what role do you think immigrants are playing to diversify our city's economy and help us grow going forward? When you look at a country like uh, United States or Canada, that they are like essentially countries that have been built up because of people coming from different places. And, and when you look at the two nations in general, there's no coincidence that the country is leading in, in many different aspects and, and whatnot. And it's because when an immigrant comes, it brings a different perspective. And when an immigrant has a different perspective and it has it a little bit perhaps harder to break through certain structures, you have no choice but to do something different. And when you do that, that's when innovation happens, when uh, that's when things can move forward in a totally different direction. So in general, that's where immigrants play like a huge role in creating new way of doing things because new way of doing things is what is going to continue to drive the world forward. Like when you look at a uh, Tesla, Elon Musk is an immigrant. He was first in Canada and he went to the state. When you look at Amazon, yes, Bezos, 
dad was a Cuban immigrant. So there's perspective, there's like other ways on challenging thoughts and way of doing things. So the immigration piece is a natural condition to say, look, you cannot do this. What are you going to do now? You have to feed your family. You have to, that's where I have no choice but to try something different, right? Like when I am here, look, I am, I want to work as an engineer, let's say, and for whatever reason, you didn't go to school in Canada. You didn't go to that internship. Hey, you cannot get in that big company because the infrastructure is set up for them to get you in the internship. And that's how you break through that organization, right? And when you cannot do that, what do I do now? Hey, I can only get jobs in the small companies. And guess what? When you go to the small company, perhaps you have an ambition of keep growing, but they don't want to for whatever reason. What do I do? Well, maybe I'll, I might as well start my own thing. And that's how, and because you already took the chance of coming to a country, not speaking the language, not having the money, though, not knowing what would happen for you, it's already, you're already in a natural condition to take that chance, essentially, right? So that, that hopefully that makes sense. So totally. Wow. I'd never thought of it from that perspective before, but that's totally true. And that makes sense as to why you're so willing to fail and then try again, having made such a big jump from South America to come to Canada to settle here and ultimately build your family and your life. I think that that's amazing. And I think that that's why diversity and inclusion is so important. And when you think about who's making decisions and why and building effective teams and boards and companies into the future, I think it can't just always be the people that have always been here. I think immigrants and their perspectives, as you mentioned, bring such a richness that we don't always have from the past. And so when you think about two of the companies you mentioned, Tesla and then Amazon, what are some of your big dreams going forward with trade space or even outside of trade space? The way that uh, I guess like my journey is just I'm looking to have uh, essentially impact um, to essentially to provide uh, like value to society through the efforts that uh, essentially invest in time in. And essentially just doing what I love. I, I, I think I got lucky to discover that this is what I like, even though that I, some people say, oh my God, this is like a lot, but it's, it's really what I, I love to do. And for us, uh, for trade base, is, uh, we want to make sure that uh, our dream is one day that an organization can go to our place and they can essentially be 10 times better just because they are there. So that's our goal with that. It's like anywhere in North America, perhaps somewhere else in the world. Uh, but for now, we our vision is in North, entire North America that a plumber shows up with saying, look, I started this business and I want to grow it. And I don't know how. And we are able to help them out. We're able not just to say, look, store your tools here. We're able to say, look, let me see. How are you doing yourself? How are you managing staff? To achieve that is like extremely complex. So that's, what we're hoping to do is to enable uh, member potential. We believe if we do that, that's also going to help a local economy that creates all these uh, snowball effects. And, and in general, that's the theme for, for my engineering practice. We're building an uh, essentially a mark, uh, it's a platform that acts uh, in a way as a marketplace for engineers across Canada in a very targeted in, um, segment of the industry. Uh, that essentially democratize the, the way that we execute uh, engineering. So, so same idea, it just will provide value for a segment of the market. So hopefully that, uh, that makes sense. So totally, that's about providing resources in more ways than one to these entrepreneurs. And so my final question for you then is, when you think about those that helped you along the way or the resources that you had access to, who are some of the key players or resources that really helped you along your entrepreneurial journey? 
Um, honestly, the internet. Um, the internet has been uh, the the best uh, way to access to knowledge. I've been incredibly lucky, like um, to to find to find uh, excellent people across the world. So people that are uh, sometimes in Canada, sometimes in the United States, sometimes in the UK, listen to them and and understand uh, um, different elements of whatever challenge you're facing at that point. So that I would say that is that. Um, yeah, and then in general, it's just like started at home, you know, like having support of uh, like well, what have helped me the most is having like uh, incredible support from family. Like my, you know, like grew up with a very smart uh, uh, grandfather that believe in me and that's what enables me to believe that I can do X, Y, and Z and enabling me to to know that I can always find an answer. And that's what is the beautiful part about the internet that you, you want to know about something, you have a challenge, you can figure it out with the internet. Like you can go and get any answer for sure. I think that that's so cool what you said because it is very powerful. It levels the playing field in terms of access to knowledge. And so as you said, you don't necessarily have to have a degree to get onto the internet to help you start a business and be successful in your own way with whatever you're passionate about. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's internet is like one of those uh, we're lucky to to be living in this time where we're able to have access to instant knowledge for sure. Yeah. It's so amazing. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with me. I think your journey is incredibly inspirational. And thank you so much for all the hard work that you and Jordan are doing to grow our economy and help support other up and coming entrepreneurs. Thank you for having me. You bet. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by SAIT's School for Advanced Digital Technology, an innovation hub disguised as a post-secondary institution where creators, educators, and learners, like you, are coming together to transform tomorrow. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.